Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. here in my closet recording far far away from my producer Barry Finkel. Hi Barry. Hey Matt, how's your quarantine going this week? Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I cooked my hand last night. <laughs> <laughs> was it delicious? It was so good. Oh, tender, juicy. Mm, a little crunch Just too. Just the right amount of spice. Oh yeah, I like a flaky skin. Oh my god. <laughs> No, I'm like, I so I made chili because who doesn't love on a hot 90 degree summer day when mm. it's humid and the air conditioner is struggling against mm-hmm. the heat? Who doesn't love a hot steaming bowl of hearty chili? It's, it's a facial and a meal all in one. Yeah. And that's exactly what I made. So I've been making because it's one of the like three recipes that I know how to make now and which involves mostly dumping stuff into a giant pot and then stirring that pot. But I was... I don't know. I like doubled the recipe. So the pot was like filled all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. And I was stirring it for, I guess, longer than maybe usual. And after I finished, I was like, my hand is fully burnt. Like it was like <laughs> throbbing last night. Oh, God. <laughs> so I like fully cooked my, I was like at least medium rare. <laughs> and I had to put like emergency burn gel on it. Oh, my I God. Literally, <laughs> I literally cooked my hand. Anyway, so now I know that I have to wear gloves when I cook because I can't be trusted. How's your week going? Oh, well, you know, my dog, I found out, has hookworm. And then my (laughs) stomach was acting up like a lot and acting really weird. And I was absolutely convinced that my dog gave me hookworm because that is one of the parasites that can be transmitted from dog to human. But then I remembered that you and I ate a milkshake and that I can't digest dairy. And I think that's probably what it was. Nice. So I'd say I'm doing like really well. I don't know what the symptoms of a hookworm are. So in dogs, it's licking your paws and diarrhea, both of which I had. And but it turns out in humans, it's actually. (laughs) I just couldn't stop licking your paws. What do you mean? I could not stop licking my paws. I just could not stop. Um, no, JK, only one of those things. But then it, it, I guess it turns out in humans, it's like mostly a rash. And then I saw photos and it was terrifying. And I was like, no, I definitely don't have hookworm. I just had a milkshake. And uh-huh. that's where I'm at. And on that note, coming up on today, we got Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into our biggest kitchen complaints. Besides me literally cooking my hand. Because 
yeah, I've been spending a lot of time in my kitchen, which obviously means I have a lot of picked up frustrations about it and a throbbing hand to go along with it. Then we've got a gas complainer I simply cannot wait for you to hear. We got an absolute food extraordinaire, Sola El Whaley on the pod. You may know her name and face from Bon Appetit where she's been making news lately as part of an effort to demand equal pay for the people of color who appear in Bon Appetit Test Kitchen videos. If you want to hear more about that, she did do another interview on the Sporkful podcast that covers a whole lot of what went down there. She really is a badass and absolutely deserves everything that she is demanding. Sola, uh, I fucking love Sola so much. If you watch Bon Appetit Test Kitchen videos, you know that she's the one holding that shit down and, and telling everybody else how to do everything. But I just wanted to have like a fun chat with Sola and get our complaining on. So we talked about cooking and core and while whole roasted chickens are a scam, the hard hitting stuff. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's grab our whisks and start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's shout about the worst news of the week. First, Arizona police are looking for the owner of an escaped animal traipsing around the streets near a golf course in Scottsdale. That animal? An emu. (gasps) Yeah. They're at it again. They've infiltrated the United States. The number of people who have uh, messaged us about emus in the last week, more than five. I would like to go on the record and say I was absolutely right and I would not want to fight an emu. (laughs) Apparently, I've never, no other bird, and I feel like we've talked about birds quite a bit on this podcast. No other bird has elicited such an an outpouring of response from, from the public than the emus. Okay, people are very adamant about the fact that emus are dangerous, that they have claws. Someone just today tweeted that um, there was a literal war in Australia (laughs) against the emus. And that's as much as I know about it. And now they're infiltrating our golf courses. And now, yeah, they've come to Arizona to go golfing. I mean, their necks would make for great golf clubs. Like, they don't even need golf clubs. They just have their neck. Yeah, you see it. You see videos of golfers in their stance. They're kind of like bent over a little bit. That is, the emus are in a perpetual golfer stance. Yeah. I, I don't think that they're actually, um, their arms do seem a little bit short. They have arms? So, well, wings. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> have you seen a picture of an emu? Arms are not wings. Wings are not it's arms. It's like a T-Rex. They have very short arms because I'm thinking of what? I'm thinking of emus and T-Rexes. Yeah. They're all shaped the same. Okay. But for the record, emus do not have arms. But close enough, okay? okay fine. <laughs> this has been Science with Matt. The point is why is there a giant bird? I guess if if I were an emu and I was in the United States and I wanted to feel like I was home, I would go to Arizona. Because that feels like most like the Australian outback, the bush, as they say. Yeah. Last year, apparently, the Phoenix police responded to another large bird loose in the area and wrangled and returned an, uh, another emu to its owner in Scottsdale. I, unclear based on this story whether it was the same emu um, or if I guess there are just a lot of emus in Arizona. Maybe there are. And honestly, I don't give a shit. 
<laughs> Don't correct me. Anyway. Next, police in Italy have identified a 50-year-old man who posed on top of a 200-year-old statue by some famous artist at a museum and snapped off a bunch of its toes. <laughs> and now he may face charges. First of all, this statue, it's technically the plastic, like, cast that the real statue was don't don't tell me that okay on? because if you tell me that it just breaks all barriers of reality for me like, right isn't it that the liberty bell is also not actually the liberty bell i don't fucking know <laughs> i'm truly just quoting a mitski song but um i believe her the, i mean this plastic cast was also 200 years old i would it wasn't like a modern it wasn't like, oh, he got this plastic cast from Target and broke that. And no, it's also 200 years old and he he snapped that off. The real statue is in like a, a gallery in Rome. Based on, if you watch the video of this man, he like hops up on the statue thing. It's not protected by ropes or anything. So at that point, it's like, you can't, you can't blame him. Okay. Mm -mm. Yes. He's a 50 year old adult man. Who hopped up on a statue and broke it. But also, what do you expect? So the statue was by Antonio Canova. Uh, and it was of Paulina Bonaparte. Napoleon, who knew Napoleon had a sister? Yeah, this is bullshit. This is the fucking patriarchy. All we hear about is Napoleon. I never knew he had a sister. What did she do? Tell me everything about her. Yeah, what if she was taller than him? <laughs> That's actually the only thing I want to know. I love it, though, that they found this man because of coronavirus contact tracing. So basically... <laughs> Every museum visitor has to leave their personal information for contact tracing so that, like, if there is an outbreak, they they can contact all the people and say, like, hey, you were at the museum when someone mm. was was confirmed positive or whatever. So the police contacted a, a woman on the phone and she started immediately sobbing <laughs> and saying that her <laughs> husband broke the toes. <laughs> 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 um, and the husband, who was also upset, confessed and repented for the, quote, stupid move. <sighs> and finally, two 23-year-old twins who are apparently famous on TikTok are facing felony charges for allegedly posing as bank robbers during pranks last October that led to an Uber driver being held at gunpoint. No. Every no. word in this sentence is a dagger into my skull. <laughs> <laughs> so the, there's these two brothers. I don't even, who fucking cares? They have 25 million followers on TikTok. I don't understand. <laughs> Four million subscribers on YouTube. Um, and they were dressed all in black, wearing ski masks and carrying duffel bags full of cash. And then they pretended that they had robbed a bank while a videographer filmed them basically accosting an unsuspecting uber driver and then what ended up happening was like someone called the police they showed up with firearms and pointed it at the uber driver and made the uber driver get out so it's like you're you pretended to do a crime then like got an uber driver involved and then the uber driver had a police officer pointing guns at them this happened last october but like what the fuck is wrong with you? This is not a prank. Like, what is our definition of pranks? I mean, I would like to rebrand crimes as pranks. Right, right. 
It was a prank, okay, judge? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't even pretend to rob a bank anymore. And get an- <laughs> Do you even know who Ashton Kutcher is? Like, come on. Uh- <laughs> if you say punked after it, you can do literally anything. That's the law. Every part of the story I absolutely hate. Everything from the fact that they're twins, because that should be illegal, <laughs> to the fact that they're famous on TikTok, to the fact that they pretended to rob a bank. They're also, I mean, this week, yeah, the FBI raided Jake Paul's house, which is just insane. <laughs> Literal <laughs> armored vehicles are rolling yep. up to a YouTuber's house. We have reached fully, like, the part of the simulation where everything... It's like someone is hitting all of the cheat codes too many times all <laughs> at once and the computer is breaking. It's like down with internet stars, frankly. What what does that mean for you? I'll do, I'll go down with them. I don't even give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving deep into our kitchen cabinets. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Okay, so many of us have become unwittingly familiar with our kitchens over the past few months because it, it turns out if you don't want to pay to have your food brought to you and you don't learn how to make it yourself, you die. What? The, which which feels unfair. It's like it's definitely extreme. Yeah, I didn't ask for. I never asked to be born, and now I have to learn how to roast a, a, a broccoli. I have to, I have to fill a pot of water and then wait several minutes for it to get all angry before I can dump some raviolis in it. No, I didn't ask for any of this. Why do I have to know this stuff? I'm pushing out other more important knowledge, like how to wipe my own. You can forget. You can forget real easily. And people don't acknowledge that enough. Every few weeks I have to remind myself how to do it. I have to watch a YouTube video. Yeah. And you know why? It's because I there are so many GD kitchen utensils I have to learn how to use. Wow. Censoring yourself with GD. Because here we are five months into quarantine. And I know things about my kitchen that nobody should ever have to know. Okay? Like, like how to clean the stovetop burners. Siri, I shouldn't have to know how to do that. I, I shouldn't be forced into knowing how to clean my stovetop. This is what COVID has done to me. By the way, stoves, horrible design. <laughs> stovetops, shit gets absolutely everywhere under this metal grate that you can't even move because it's suddenly it's fire. <laughs> it's just like uh, devastation every night. Also, like, what if I accidentally use a cleaning spray that has, shouldn't be exposed to heat and then I turn the stove on and it creates a bunch of noxious fumes that murder me and my entire family? Man, I think about that every time I clean my stove and yet I never actually care. I've just been using like a natural cleaner and I'm like, I'm assuming it's fine. <laughs> if it's natural, it can't kill me. Right. You know what else is natural and can be lit on fire? Wood. Everything. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah, you ever think about that, Matt? Anyway, these are the worst things in the kitchen. First, why are there so many types of knife? 
I truly don't understand why there isn't just one knife. Why do we need a whole block of different knives? Big knives, small knives, fat knives, skinny knives. Noah, we like one, this is, uh, this is communism. We get one knife. Also, why are all of them dull? Yeah, how am I supposed to know how to sharpen a knife? All I wanna do is cut up a strawberry and now I have to become some kind of Iron Age blacksmith? Whipping and waving my swords around the kitchen? It's ridiculous. I've looked it up and they were like, you should be sharpening your knives after like every uh, other use. And I'm like, that's fucking insane. Who has the time? Yeah, no, I've been, I have been trying to cook more. And every time I have to chop an onion, first of all, I'm like, how the fuck do you chop an onion? Because That's the only thing that I know how to chop well, but I only know how to dice it. So then when someone, when a recipe calls for like any other kind of onion look, I'm like, nope, you're getting it diced. I can't do it. I I tried yesterday and I mostly succeeded. Although last night I did have one of those where I had to like go sit down and like cry for five minutes because I cut it the wrong way. That's the first time that I think I've had that where my eyes were just on fire oh it's almost every onion for me i don't know why maybe i'm not buying like yesterday was the first like good onion i bought <laughs> uh, and yeah i i struggled so much with the onion and I, i'm realizing oh it's because my knife is not sharp and no. i'm just i'm just struggling against this thick onion shrek skin and i don't know how to sharpen a knife because also there is that one tool that's basically like looks like a a sword mm -hmm. a little that poker. you're supposed to, yeah that you're supposed to like rapidly shave the knife against mm -mm. and it turns out that thing doesn't even sharpen your knife it just straightens it what I read that once that like your your knife is like microscopically oh, zigzaggy and stupid. by doing that on each side of your knife it straightens out the blade and makes cutting easier but then like there's a separate tool that you need to actually like sharpen it i don't know all i know is that when we went to visit alex's parents i used one knife of theirs and it was the sharpest thing that i've ever used and i was like oh i guess if you'd like spend money on a real knife then like it's fine. Yeah, my knife, my main knife is from Ikea. And I also bought this like knife sharpener from Ikea. And it's basically like a knife fleshlight that you put your knife into and like fuck it. <laughs> I was trying to think of another word, but I couldn't. I also don't trust cutting boards because I think they absorb all of my secrets. Yeah, they do. You're, you're a surface. Once I use you and wash you, you shouldn't smell like garlic and onions anymore, you useless piece of shit. But they remember. They remember everything. That's why you can't use the same cutting boards for meat as you use for everything else. Because that cutting board is like, oh, oh, hey, hey, remember when all you, you touched me with all that meat juice two weeks ago? Do you remember that? No? Well, I do. I remember. Have some salmonella. That's what they say. I have that conversation every day with my cutting board. They whisper it in our board. little ears. Yeah. And then they sneeze right into my mouth. <laughs> that happened to me on my walk yesterday. I walked past a restaurant and this straight man, straight man, stood up from the restaurant table and sneezed so violently, made no attempt to cover his mouth. It was just an open sneeze. And it wasn't like directly in my direction. It was more like parallel to how I was walking. But I literally jumped and screamed, Jesus. 
like what the fuck is wrong i've seen more fights on the street and i was like ready to throw down with this man <laughs> i was that upset it was, yeah. like are you fucking kidding me what no. is wrong with you? Even in, not in pandemic times, that's disgusting. Absolutely. What is wrong with you? Then that's why I don't feel comfortable going to any restaurant because I'm like, oh, you're the type of person eating here. <laughs> oh, disgusting. Shame. Anyway, lemon juicers, any fruit juicer, like a lime juicer, mm-hmm, lemon mm-hmm. juicer, that one where you like put the half in it and then clamp down on it's it. Such a smart idea. Never works never works and also it gets like weirdly grimy and i'm like it's just a lemon that's been in here and lemon is like a cleaning agent it should not be getting grimy also like they're too small absolutely lemons lemons have gotten big okay i don't based on like what we feed them lemons have gotten mutantly large and we have to adjust our lemon juicers Stop making lemon juicers that are too small for the giant lemons that we have. That's the same thing I, I say about underwear. Because guess what? This dick is <laughs> too big. Sure. That's why I say it I, when I write my letters to all of these big uh, companies about their products. I always say the same thing. Lemon juicers and underwear. You got to make the product to fit. What's going on it? Next! What does the fan on the top of the stove actually do? What What are you sucking up there, sir? A sham is what it is. There's I'm, nothing happening in that fan. I love when apartments have it because you know that it's just there for vanity. Like, the only time it works is if it's actually an exhaust to outside. Otherwise, it's just like recirculating it in your own apartment. <laughs> <laughs> probably it's just like whenever i think oh i should turn on the fan it's already too late <laughs> like the the smoke is already filling the apartment the fire alarm is going off yeah and i i feel like i've said this before i have one of those sprinklers too so i have a, a smoke alarm but then there's also a sprinkler and i'm so scared <laughs> if that thing goes off like everything is ruined <laughs> And I'm sure it's like, I think it only goes off if like a literal flame touches it. Right. But you never know. You never know. Next. Also, I don't like kitchen tools that only accomplish like one thing. I have all of my drawers, all of my seven drawers are full of kitchen utensils that accomplish one thing and one thing only each. And it's like, no, if I'm expected to do multiple tasks over the course of my life, then so are you, you piece of shit. Like a pastry cutter. I have a pastry cutter. Do you know what a pastry cutter is? Of yeah, course it cuts not. pastries. <laughs> um, It's like this thing that you hold. It looks like Wolverine's hands a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it cuts up butter so that you don't have to touch it and it melt to melt the butter. Right. So it can keep the butter cold, which I used in one video. And then the next video, when I made my peach cobbler, I specifically didn't use a pastry cutter and said, I'm using my I'm using my fingers um, because I wanted to show it using my fingers. And multiple people were like, you need a pastry cutter. Why don't you go fuck yourself? (laughs) Okay. I used a pastry cutter. Sometimes I want to be the pastry cutter. Okay. Yeah. Why would I use a pastry cutter when when God gave me 
these ten fingers to do to to do two things. Do you know what? This is where I get real religious. Oh boy. <laughs> oh God! It says in the Bible, God gave Matt ten fingers to jerk off dicks <laughs> and to break up butter into pea-sized bits for pastry dough. So I, why don't you why don't you take that up with with her? Okay, wow. capital H E R. <laughs> and finally, honestly, there's just too many things that have to go into the kitchen. That's why I just want one of those Downton Abbey kitchens. That's just an entire section of the house that's in the basement and also run by like an elderly ginger woman who's losing her eyesight. It's the I would dream. love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely not married. Like never been married ever in her life and they call her like Mrs. Patmore. She is self-partnered like Emma Watson. I would like to point out that uh, on DowntonAbbey.Fandom.com, when you look up Mrs. Patmore, the quote is, Do I look like a frolicker? Mrs. Patmore to Mr. (laughs) Carson when she is accused of frolicking with Ethel. God forbid we be be, uh, accused of frolicking. Yeah. Women weren't allowed to frolic until like 2017. Yeah. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Sola El Whaley on the pod right after this commercial break. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast my guest complainer today is self-proclaimed food person Sola L. Whaley. Uh, she's worked in restaurants. She's worked as a food editor. And uh, she's currently working on an exciting project for the fall that I, I won't give away just yet. We could talk about that soon. Welcome, Sola. Hello. Happy to be here. <laughs> okay, so we, we start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Sunshine. I hate it and I can't escape it. Our apartment has two skylights. We've managed to cover one up. Still working on the other one. Uh huh. I just want to be in a dark basement for the rest of my life. I hard agree, first of all. And I've started to feel the same thing. I don't know if it's been like quarantine has made it worse, but I have, you know, it's this thing in New York where like I have like 
great natural light, <laughs> um, which is like a luxury in New York City. But also come like the afternoon time when the sun is shining directly. I'm like, I don't need this right now. <laughs> it's making it me feel worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm originally from L.A., so it's just uh-huh. nonstop sunshine. December, it's sunny. March, yeah. it's sunny. It's just I just want a little bit of clouds. I want some right, rain. Right. I really like fog. Ooh, okay. And like New York is just slowly, I feel like New York is slowly turning into California. The summers are just longer and longer. We got like two right. months of winter last year. Where do I go? I need to move to Canada. Or like a, or like the UK or somewhere where it is just like perpetually cloudy. Mm-hmm. Like I think I yeah. need to get a liquid nitrogen doer so I can create my own steady stream of fog. <laughs> and I just want to live in that like cool, crisp, foggy mess right I, I would probably die i think that that's not safe for enclosed spaces <laughs> i saw someone post a video because you know a lot of these like food um like hello fresh and all of all of those places they pack everything with like dry ice mm-hmm. you can like take all of those packs apart and put them in your sink and like make your own little fog party for like you know a day i of, <laughs> of course i imagine that you are not uh getting box boxed food um but you know, if you ever go down that road, that's a fun tip. I have like the opposite problem. There's too much food around me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to I want to talk about like how your quarantine has been because your husband is also a chef, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is just like I just imagine that means you both have better knives with which you'll stab one another eventually, like being, yeah. <laughs> being, being trapped together for this much time. But also, like, does this mean that you are just constantly, constantly cooking with one another? Yeah. Or I just mean, in general. Yeah. Normally, we would just have like Sundays are like our big cooking day. Um, uh-huh. We usually go to the market and then spend the whole day like making each other snacks. Yeah. But that has become our like just everyday life, which is nice. It's like we actually haven't wanted to stab each other. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I'm projecting my own <laughs> my own lifestyle. Yeah. No, that's great. We I do have a I lot just... of knives. That that's... is accurate. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I I complained. So there, an earlier segment of this episode, we complained about our least favorite kitchen tools. And my main complaint is that there are just too many types of knives. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I need more than one knife? Honestly, I think at home you don't. Okay. Like, <laughs> but, it, you, but you have a lot of them. Well, I mean, I, I don't need them now. Now that I'm just like developing recipes for the home cook, I kind of just use one or two knives. But like in a right. restaurant... You do need like you need a knife for breaking down fish. You need a knife for breaking down chicken. But like you're not. That's you're true. Not, who's who's filleting a halibut at home? <laughs> I absolutely refuse. Nothing that r- requires more than like a few knife strokes. I mean, you really came on the podcast of a, of a man who who knows how to cook about three things. <laughs> okay. Okay. What are the three things? I have to know. Okay, so in quarantine, I I pretty much have been eating like almost the same thing every day, which is I make a mean bowl of oatmeal in the morning. With that's some, good. Some that's fro- a good skill. I I have like a spinach scramble like quinoa thing that I throw together for lunch, and then for dinner I've just been making this like turkey chili. Anything that involves basically throwing stuff into one container. God, <laughs> and that's like a nightmare. It. I hate that. <laughs> I hate eating things out of one thing. 
Well, yeah, you will not uh, like dining in my apartment. Do you have like a go-to dish that you've been making or do you make uh, different stuff all the time? No, no. I, I Actually, so lately I've been watching YouTube. I, I never really did before. And I there's uh-huh. this one like series where people talk about what they eat in a day. And yeah. I was just thinking, I was like, I could never do that because everything I eat every day is like totally different complete chaos yeah. there's no i don't even eat at like normal human times is does that mean like you have three meals but they're just like at wild times or are you like uh just eat at wildly different it doesn't matter there's no set meal time uh there's no set anything like I, okay it, it'll go from like <laughs> maybe we'll have one giant meal for dinner one day uh-huh. and like nothing else the rest of the day. And then maybe another day where I'm like developing a bunch of recipes and I'm just like picking at stuff all day and then you don't really want to eat a meal. So it's just like chaos. Probably right. not good for you. But. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason that I have tried to stick to it is just because it's probably not the best way to structure your day, but it is some structure of yeah. like, I know when lunchtime is and that's when I, I, and I know what I do during lunchtime and it is eat the same thing. <laughs> So it's like, you know, it, it provides me with some structure. But what else was I? Oh, oh yeah. Have you developed any other hobbies during choir? Like, are you sick of talking about food? No, I don't think that'll ever happen. That'll never That's happen. That's good. Like last night, my, my husband and I were just like talking through this um, recipe I've been working on for the last week that I've kind of like been struggling with. And then afterwards, uh-huh. we were thinking, we we're like, this is great. Like, I should be so grateful. Like, my life turned out. Just like if, if like eight-year-old Sola saw me now, she'd be so excited because all I do all day is play with food, talk about food, hang out with people who like food. I don't really want to talk about anything else. <laughs> I love that so much. That's so pure. I'll never get sick of it. <laughs> never, ever. Yeah. So uh, you knew from like a very young age that you wanted to be working in food? Um, I don't think I knew. I just like, I, I was one of those kids, like I tried everything. Like I, I played piano for a while. I fenced, I painted. But the one constant hobby I always had was cooking. And right. um, I tried getting a job in actually uh, finance. Oh. But uh, it was 2008. <laughs> So that didn't work out so well. (laughs) And then I just decided, I just like food. I'm going to just like keep working in food. And I didn't have a big plan or vision. I just wanted to like, I just kind of sought out places where I would uh, learn and have fun. And that's kind of worked out well for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, thank God for the financial crisis of 2008. Where where would you be without it? (laughs) I know so many people who got into food because of that, actually. Because you can always get a job at a restaurant no matter what's happening. Yeah, I guess. I mean, what will we be saying about this time 10 years from now? Maybe not now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, in Slightly other ways, now. like there, there's probably work in grocery stores, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. grocery delivery. Everyone's got to eat no matter what's happening. And that's kind of the cool thing about food. It's always important. Right. Um, you also, so you have two dogs? Two dogs and a cat. And a cat, right. Mm-hmm. Lucifer, if, Lucifer. I, if I'm if i not mistaken, if yes. my research is correct. She's right next to me. <laughs> she looks very regal. We got the Shiba Inu first and he came along with some baggage. So he was like really difficult in the beginning and he'd like scratch at the walls and run around in circles. Um, and uh, we had to get him a lot of like a doggy therapy. He has a doggy therapist and things like that. <laughs> But the thing that really helped him was getting the bulldog. The bulldog is basically his personal um, emotional support animal. 
Yeah. They cannot be separated. That's great that they have one another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they get along great. Are they th- thriving in quarantine? Uh, Definitely. Yeah, definitely. They just like, they love having us around all day. I think yeah. they're going to have a hard time when we're not around all day. And they're just getting longer walks and a lot more love. And like, my husband's hobby now is like, he's obsessed with taking care of them. He brushes their teeth twice a day like people. Oh my God. <laughs> Even the vet was like, that's a lot. It's, it's like, you don't yeah. have to do that, but sure, go for it. I mean... Wait, has he always done that or has that been like a recent hobby? No, that's his his recent hobby is them. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> Yeah, that does seem a little extreme, but they they have to have the best oral health of any dog. Oh yeah, there's no ever. puppy breath around here. Yeah. Yeah, they're so fresh. Do they eat um canned food or or or, or do they get the the gourmet treatment? Oh, I mean I think we spend more on their food than we spend on our own food. <laughs> As in purchasing like pre-made food or do you do you make No, there's some there's some really good high quality dog food out there right now. So we get them uh grass fed, organic, raw oh. lamb. <laughs> That's all they eat. <laughs> uh it's a little out of control, but um they're I don't know, they're they're in good shape and I, I think it's because of the food. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, it sounds like they're getting, like, absolute royal treatment, as they should be. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we would treat a human child this well. Because <laughs> kids talk. Yeah, that's you true. You don't like them as like, much. <laughs> dogs really only have redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dogs are so easy. Like, just a walk, and then they're asleep until dinner time. another walk, and then all they do is nap. So it's, I don't <laughs> think kids are that easy. You have to, like, no. educate them. Right, them. right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they don't, I, I feel like a dog, for the most part, and a cat, like 90% of their day is napping. Yeah, totally. If anything, I just resent them for what they can do, mm-hmm. and I can't. They're yeah. really in charge. Exactly. They've really, they've really figured this life out. Left turn. Um, <laughs> r- recipe development. Tell me about this process. Like, you have, does it start with an idea for a food? And then you throw something together and then just start tweaking it like. Well, we have like a pitching process first, mm-hmm. but like I I think this happens mostly to me. What I pitch never ends up being the final recipe ever. Uh-huh. Every single recipe of mine goes through a ridiculous journey. Like other people are pretty like focused, like Molly will pitch a potato salad and then it'll be that potato salad at the end. But like I'm working on this pie right now. And the initial pitch was for a baklava pie. And it is currently uh-huh. not that at all. I've gone through like 10 versions. It went <laughs> from like baklava pie to cranberry pie to citrus pie. And I can't tell you, but I think I think I had a little b- breakthrough last night. And I've got something cool happening, but I, I don't want to reveal the final pie. But like, right. it went through so like, whenever I do a recipe, it, it goes through a journey. <laughs> uh-huh. So do you... Is there like a certain number, like what is the most amount of of stabs that you've taken at one recipe? I think probably it was for the cinnamon buns that I did for basically that came out Mm -hmm. in like March. And I think I went through like 25 versions. Oh my God. (laughs) But don't worry, there's always people to eat all your mistakes. So that's not a problem. Right, right. It's not hard to get rid of a cinnamon bun. That's true. That's that was going to be one of my questions was like, especially for the past five months, you know, cooking at home is like, 
or do you end up throwing stuff away? So I've been baking a bunch mm-hmm. and I like know if my neighbors are that thrilled about me being like, hey, here's a thing that you don't really know me, but like here's a bunch of food that I don't want to eat. They'll be thrilled. Over quarantine, because of uh, developing from home, it's the first time in my life I've ever talked to my neighbors. <laughs> um, and it's true. It's, it's actually a New York thing. No, but it's been great. Like it started out as me just like trying to get rid of uh, mountains of chicken parm. And now mm-hmm. we're actually like becoming friends. So that's it's, good. It's it's really cool. Like I think it was really like nerve wracking the first time I just like knocked on a stranger's door and was like, do you want some chicken parm? But it, it, everybody really wants to connect, especially right now. So, mm, you know, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Just go for it. Give them your brownies. They'll love it. All right. Uh, you 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 talked me into it. Another video, this is again a left turn. There was a, a line in another video of yours I was watching where you just said, um, I've been very into burnt nuts lately. <laughs> and I would like an explanation. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, it was one of the snacks my husband made one of these days. Um, he made like a mixed nut thing and he burned the nuts like intentionally with curry leaves and lime leaves and all these spices and it was so delicious. And now I'm just like, why don't we just burn our nuts? <laughs> I, I love it. So like next time you burn your nuts, don't throw them away. Give them a try. Give burnt nuts a try. Yeah. That is one of the iconic smells of New York besides, you know, piss and garbage. And hot dogs. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right. And hot dogs and uh, every, you know, pizza is that nut place. I'm forgetting the name of the, the nuts nut for nuts. carts. Yeah. I Every time I, I'm like, I need to try these nuts. Every time, but it's always a disappointment. It always smells so much better than it actually tastes. I, I'm not surprised to hear it's that. It's a tourist trap. Yeah. I, I won't lie. I saw a picture of, so I, I stan Harry Styles and uh, I saw a picture of him in Central Park eating those nuts. And I, I was a little disappointed that he fell for it. He should know better, but he's not American. He he's not a New Yorker. He doesn't know. That's true. That's yeah. true. Can't hold. I can't blame him. <laughs> I I'll I'll give him the benefit of of the doubt in that case. I should have taught him better. I'll, this I'll, is really your fault. You know, yeah, this was your it, responsibility. He is foreign to our land. You need to tell him to stay away from those it. carts. Yeah, it's my it was my job as the person in his life. Listen, we don't have to we don't have to go, go too far into our relationship. But yeah, I, okay. I fucked up. okay so this project that you've been working on stop me if i'm giving something away but you've been developing a bunch of stuff for thanksgiving right yeah yeah so for print you actually have to do everything pretty far in advance yeah thanksgiving gets developed in july and everybody hates it they're like i don't want to make thanksgiving in july and i was like (laughs) i do i want an opportunity for extra thanksgiving because it's my favorite holiday so yeah i got i got i got the big thanksgiving story and um, it's really cool because this year we're doing like non-traditional Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. So up until like pretty recently, my husband and I have just been working in restaurants. So we usually have to make like 300 turkeys, uh-huh. you know. So and like we're usually working on Thanksgiving. So we do like an anti-Thanksgiving the next day with like uh-huh. no Thanksgiving food whatsoever because you get sick of seeing those casseroles. Right. Um, so I'm doing like an anti-Thanksgiving meal. So there's no turkey. There's no stuffing. There's no cranberry sauce, but it's going to be big and festive. And it's like a combination of all of our cultures. So it's like all of the things that our moms would make, you know, for a holiday. Right. So I think it'll right. be cool. Yeah. 
I'm really excited. That does for sound it. exciting. So it, that is like all of the recipes that you've been developing have been basically Thanksgiving themed. Yeah, the last two weeks have just been, it's been Thanksgiving up in here, and uh, <laughs> I'm like I'm pretty happy with how it's come out. It's really fun. Um, so when when I'm recipe developing at work, my husband doesn't get to see all of the versions. He just like gets to see the good one that I bring home. So it's right. been fun that he's gotten to see the whole journey with me. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine like after developing these recipes that you would become absolutely disgusted by every single one because you've seen it so much. I'm not with this. I'm really happy with this menu. I actually think we're going to make this exact menu for Thanksgiving. And okay. like yeah, and like I was thinking about it this year, we probably won't have people over. Who knows like where we're going to be at with with right. COVID, so it'll probably just be us. So it kind of is going to feel like with like the people making these recipes at home, it's going to feel like I'm celebrating Thanksgiving with all of them. You know? <laughs> so like it's in some ways it's going to be the biggest Thanksgiving dinner of all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, that was the thought I had was like based on the trajectory of things. It mm -hmm. seems like it's going to be a, a different Thanksgiving for everybody. Yeah. Um, and like whether that is a consideration when you're developing stuff is I mean, I guess when you're developing a recipe anyway, the thought is that like people are preparing this at home on a small scale anyway mm -hmm. um but the fact that this will be a like different thanksgiving whether that is like a consideration at all yeah i mean i my my perspective for this story is like regardless of whether it's two or eight people i'm still gonna cook for eight because <laughs> otherwise it doesn't feel like thanksgiving to me right but you know leftovers are the best part i think yeah I don't think I asked. I, I mentioned that in the earlier part of this episode, we had a segment about um, kitchen tools that we hate. Mm -hmm. Are there kitchen tools that you are like vehemently opposed to? Most of them. <laughs> like, I don't think there's a lot of Fair. things you need outside of like one big knife, one little knife, a cutting board and a couple of pans. When I see things like avocado slicer, mm -hmm. corn shucker, uh, egg right. slicer, like why do you have the, these things don't need to exist. I, like a lot of a lot of kitchen tools are just like marketing like there's I saw this one thing where you can like crack an egg and cook it in a tube and it just like oh, ejects. Yeah. Why, right. why it's not that hard to cook an egg and it's so disgusting because it like it slithers out just like a yeah. flaccid penis and collapses <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to eat that for breakfast. No, that thing is an abomination, and mm -hmm. whoever made it uh, belongs in the seventh layer of hell. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm like, not gonna lie though; it's not that easy to cook an egg. <laughs> Just don't. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, okay? Some of us are running from the back of the pack here, and it depends on the type of preparation. But, but you're um, not gonna get better using that thing. Just use a pot, a, a regular old pot. You've got one. I promise you probably have a pot, some water. I do have. I do have one or two pots. Yeah. And like, I think the reason why hard, I've seen there's like a lot of gadgets for hard boiling and peeling eggs, but there uh -huh. are a few tricks to make it really easy for you. Oh, there's two main things. So you want to you want to drop it into hot water, boiling water mm -hmm. or steam. If you start it from cold, the the shell sticks to the egg more. And then after it's cooked, gent gentle, gentle tap with the back of a spoon, crack it all over while it's hot, 
right out of the water and then ice bath and then boom and that just immediately pulls the proteins of the egg away from the shell and it'll peel off like a like a dream i promise okay. you don't need a weird gadget you just it's just about <laughs> technique you know and i think it's right. like it's really hard because there's a lot of recipes out there that demonstrate bad technique and like yeah as an as like an average home cook how do you know who's right and who's wrong right just listen to me i'm right I trust you. I trust you. I also love you have become like the de facto queen of tempering chocolate. Um, And I don't know how. I don't know how. Like, I I don't understand how no one there knows how to temper chocolate. It blows my mind. It's 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 insane. Like most like restaurants I've worked at, the the busboy can temper chocolate. It's really not hard. (laughs) I don't get it. Just stir. Just keep stirring, Claire. (laughs) <laughs> it does seem like uh well i've never attempted it myself but it does seem like you're just especially if you have the tools that i imagine the test kitchen has well you just need a bowl it, and a pot uh, also yeah you have the tools <laughs> you can go temper chocolate after this is over well yeah i mean i absolutely could yeah. um i haven't i haven't had occasion to but i just think day. it's hilarious I, I i i enjoy it now that for yeah. some somehow no one there can temper chocolate but um i guess you know maybe now they do who knows i do want to get to some of um you sent in some stuff to complain about we call this um bowl of shit talk mm-hmm. and i just want to talk some shit about uh, a few topics one is whole roasted chickens uh-huh i think they're totally overrated uh-huh are you talking like buying one pre-made or like just the idea of roasting whole chicken in general. Roasting your chicken whole. Like I think that we have this like romantic vision of it. Like because there's so many like it's that Norman Rockwell thing. Like something about a whole bird feels great to you. But it's the worst way to cook chicken. It really yeah. is. It's never going to be good. Even like even if you're a master. It's never going to be as good if you, as if you just spatchcocked it. Or cut it into parts and cooked it separately. Like right. the white meat and the dark meat. They don't cook the same way. I think I I remember kind of like learning something like that from a, a, a Bon Appetit video, which was, I think it might have been last year's Thanksgiving video when um, you're trying to figure out like, okay, do you cook yeah. this turkey whole or cut it up? And it's like, yeah, well, it's this is a giant ass piece of meat <laughs> and like they all don't cook the same. Yeah, yeah. I blame the media. Making you think you <laughs> want should. your family to gather around this whole bird. <laughs> But it's going to be cooked terribly. It's not going to taste good. I, I think that people should always buy their chicken whole for sure. But learn how to uh-huh. cut it. Learn how to break it down. That's like a really valuable skill. Now I know. Now I have to learn how to cut up a chicken. and um, It's so you easy. Know, I, you, you got it. There's so many YouTube videos. And all you need is a knife and some scissors, which you probably already have. Right. My one, like the one thing keeping me from being a vegetarian is the fact that I could, I could buy meat that someone else has already prepared Mm -hmm. from like a a seamless situation. Um, you know, I just hate handling like raw meat, but I used to be like that too. No, I, I I totally had that. Like, especially chicken. It's hard to not think about the salmonella going everywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have that too. But like, uh, you know, it's like one of those things, the more you do it, Like, I used to have a problem picking up dog poop, and now I don't even care. I do it all the time. I think it's I really hate that those two two thoughts followed (laughs) one another, but I get it. (laughs) Um, Another thing, foods where all of the components are jammed together, like burritos, lasagna, any kind of bowl. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. We did. Uh, you did. You did have a visceral reaction to me putting everything in one bowl. Yeah, I well, I when I was a kid, I was one of those people like I don't like my food to touch. I've, I I got I get that. <laughs> I, I'm no. I also don't like human touching. Second issue. Right. Um. But like, I'm okay with my food touching now. But I just like, I don't want it all in like one thing. Like burritos really bother me. You know, I think I think what bothers me about a burrito is that you're never really especially the way that people um, like a Chipotle puts together a burrito where it's like the biggest thing you've ever seen uh, mm-hmm. ever. Like there's no way that you're getting like a good bite. No, never. Every single bite is weird. You have no control. I want right. control <laughs> when I'm eating. Like, I think that's the problem. Like one bites a bunch of guacamole and then you get a mouthful of beans. But like, right. You know, I'd rather have all of that. You know, I want a little pile of beans, a little pile of rice, this little guac. I'll make my own bite. And then, you know, you can explore. Every bite can be different. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, this also reminded me of this uh, KFC bowl. I don't know if they still make this. Maybe they Uh do. But there was a time where they sold these bowls and it was like a bowl of everything that you want in a fried chicken meal in a bowl. So it was like mashed potatoes, corn, mac and cheese, pieces of popcorn, chicken, gravy. And it was just like horrified me to the core. Like, what's Maybe wrong I'm with- just hungry right now, but like that <laughs> sounds good. pretty good. <laughs> I just, I want, I, I need control. This is just what, I just need control over what I'm eating. Yeah, everything up into, I think, mac and cheese. There's something about mac and cheese and like mashed potatoes touching that doesn't sit right with me. But mm-hmm. everything else I'm on board with just kind of mashing together. I guess to each his own. Yeah, you know, and I do think quarantine has made me more um, like j- the the kind of like fuck it attitude that I have towards food is mm-hmm. is more prominent than ever before. It's oh, like, yeah. you know what? Is there if it's a pile of it's a pile of random shit, I'm going to eat it. We really differ here. I feel like quarantine <laughs> has like made me even more obsessed and picky because I guess there's yeah, time I mean, to make a nice there's hot time. meal. And it does feel like an appropriate time to like want to have control over what you can have control over. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I stand with you in in separating, (laughs) keeping your foods separate. Yeah, no surprise mouthfuls of guac for me. Right. Um, The last one uh, is very relevant to, to our times, outdoor dining. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, now it's the only option, but... right. Even in normal times, like, I I don't know, especially in New York, like, it's just dirty. Yeah. Why do you want to eat next to a trash can? Something? But I hate them. I, hate- I think about that so much, especially lately, but I am so with you in general. It's like, especially New York, you're right next to, like, the highway, basically. Yeah. Like, you're, there's cars driving past you, people on the sidewalk. Like it makes no sense running everywhere. Yeah. I mean, when you're outside in New York, you're never more than four feet away from a bag of trash. Of course. Right. That's the life, you know? Are you, are you on board with a picnic? Well, like right now we've gone on picnics because there's no choice. That's like the only way to like go outside and do something. But I hate them. I hate eating on the floor. You can't have like proper utensils. Right. I'm not eating a burrito out there, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is true with your um, way of doing things. It's it's hard to eat that outside because you can't just jam it all together. I don't like being exposed to the elements, you know, flies, mosquitoes. I'm absolutely with you. Well, I had um, such a fun time complaining about all sorts of things. And I feel like I learned a bunch. 
Hard-boil um, and eggs. Crack them. I'm going to go... Yeah, I'm going to go hard-boil some eggs. And I'm, I'm going to be amazing at it. Yeah, this is fun. I, I, got, I like the sneak peek of the closet. It feels like we've really gotten to know each other. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with do better white people. Matt, what are you highlighting this week? What resource or issue are you bringing up? Yeah, I wanted to say, because I know sometimes this segment can be kind of like newslettery, and it's also like part of our chasers, which we say is the good stuff. I like to think of this as like, this is the segment where we could do something good to put out something good into the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's some action that you can take or some issue that you should inform yourself on that that hopefully it makes the world a little brighter. And this week, I did want to talk about um, Beirut. If you haven't been paying attention, there was a horrific explosion in Lebanon. Honestly, that video is like haunting to me. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, they are in in desperate need of help and support and attention. You know, you and I were texting about this of how it doesn't feel like there is the same level of like international like outpouring of support for Lebanon right now as as there are to maybe some other like tragedies that have happened. The one kind of important thing that it seems like is being uh, mentioned by people on the ground there a lot is that it's important to support organizations that are more local and not like government organizations there. Because, yeah, you can trust that the money that you're donating is is going to the people that actually need it most. Right. So we'll put a, a link in the show notes for a few different places that you can donate um, a few dollars, however much you want, and do do something good. Now let's talk about what's bringing us some joy this week. Barry, what you been watching? So we're now on season two of Rami on Hulu. Um, and season two has been so good so far. I mean, first of all, Mahershala Ali is in it as a main character. And that's, I mean, that's enough to make it great. Also, it turns out that Mahershala Ali wanted to be on the show and had like gotten in touch with Rami and was like, I loved the first season, would love to be a part of it. And it was supposed to be like a one episode thing. And then they ended up creating a whole character arc for him. And it's, yeah, it's really good. So really enjoying the second season so far and then also search party which is a show i feel like i've i must have talked about it on the podcast before but it's in its third season it took so long for the third season to come out because it was in like weird hiatus or it was in a weird like deal battle thing where like it was canceled from one network but also already filmed and so then like hbo max ended up picking it up and then my tv is roku and roku i guess doesn't have a deal with hbo max yet so hbo max is not available on my tv and i've been wanting to watch search party and finally was like fuck it i'll just watch it on my phone so i i finally got it and started watching search party and it's so good the third season i love it so far i mean the cast in that show is insane like honestly almost all of them have been guest complainers on the show (laughs) like it's like john early and lane moore is in it like so many people and john early is just a goddamn national treasure uh he's so good in it yes um yeah so those are the things i've been watching this week what about you uh, I'm still watching a lot of the same stuff, trying to catch up. Um, but Bob's Burgers, I don't think I've I've talked about it, at least in a while. Uh. 
I was very behind on all of my Bob's Burgers. And it is such a good, like, just fun, not serious at all, stupid, mindless <laughs> show to watch. It's just like a pure joy show. Yeah, I love it. I love Bob's Burgers so much. Uh, so that's what I've been watching. What's your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser was that I started biking around the city again, but specifically I biked all the way into Manhattan to see you on your birthday. Yeah. And it just made me so happy. I mean, first of all, the bike ride itself was really fun. And then I biked again today. Um, and now my hip really hurts. And so that kind of ruined <laughs> it. But I picked this chaser beforehand. So that's fine. But, you yeah, know, I biked into Manhattan to visit you on your birthday. And we got Shake Shack and distantly ate it. And it was so wonderful. I was The last time I had seen you was on my birthday. So it's been many months. I know. It, yeah brought me a lot of joy that was also my chaser oh my god no uh, well most importantly shake shack but i mean yeah that milkshake truly i yeah. mean did i think that i had hookworm afterwards <laughs> yes but was it worth the horror that's, and terror absolutely that's when you know a milkshake is that good when you <laughs> actually mistake it for a parasite that's when oh. you know it's good it was it was nice to actually see you in person um <laughs> and to like yeah have human interaction in a in a <laughs> public place <laughs> um yeah i'm still not getting behind like people are going really hard at restaurants outside and no. i just like i don't know I, especially after seeing that man sneeze everywhere <laughs> i was just like god i'm never it's, leaving again um, i could imagine it in a suburb like you know or like a different city but in new york there's just no way to actually be six feet apart so no. I, I i'm just not not at that point but yeah, it was nice to have like a little picnic and, and get outside, even though it was like 95 degrees. <laughs> yeah, it was real Phil 97 and I biked five miles to get to you. That's how much I love you. Yeah, I feel like biking and, and walking have been um, good. I'm still even though I'm fully sweating through like several layers and my mask situation is like damp as heck but like i ended up do you do you still just have one mask no the the masks that i wear i have there's like five of them that i go okay through. good 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 i had like one and then a couple bandanas and i finally was like we're gonna be in this for a long time and i i ordered a bunch more yeah i have five i have five of these black masks and i wear them usually once and then i put them in the washing machine and i'm pretty sure they're fully disintegrating with every wash <laughs> so I, and probably not becoming therefore like not effective but right who knows <laughs> i have no idea because i'm not an epidemiologist until <sighs> until they're gonna send out government issued masks guess what i'm wearing this weird mask that disintegrates every time i put it in the washing machine and eventually i'm gonna have to buy more because i literally can't keep using them there you go. One other chaser that I wanted to bring up because I brought it up with you is that I've been listening to Chloe and Hallie's new album, which is called Ungodly Hour. And it is so good. <laughs> Their voices are insane. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there that if anyone's looking for some uh, some good jams, uh, would recommend that album. I have to listen. All right. That's 
it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button to rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansel Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can also leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline with your own rant at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. Vacation's all I ever wanted. Vacation had to get away. I'm going on vacation. Well, good for you. That she's not married, but I still call her like Mrs. Havisham or whatever. What is her name? Mrs. Pottermore. Wait. Pottermore. Yeah, it's like Mrs. Mrs. Corn Syrup or something. <laughs>